never got to go to camp. My mom felt like an embarrassed undressing in front of little boys, but I, I changed because I kind of like it now. <laughs> it's, we gotta enjoy our lives while we can, because anything can happen. That's basically what I've been thinking about. I'm a little bit paranoid. I, I'm worried about an earthquake. I'm worried there's gonna be like a major earthquake in California, and I'll be getting like a vasectomy operation at the time. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> He taught me something very, very valuable. He said, he told me, he said, at the end of your life, if you can count all of your friends that you've had, really good friends, on just one hand, then you know you've been spending a lot of time alone in your room. That's what he taught me. And his hand was in his pants when he said it. And he was holding it after the Bobbitt thing. But they're very happy, my parents, because I married an amazing woman. I married Gloria Estefan. It's amazing. I, no, that's not true. I married uh, Roger Moore. That's who I married. She wears a black turtleneck and does spy scenes all day long at home. No, she is... I call my wife Gandhi because she shaved her head and she wears a diaper and she looms all day long. She just sits there and she fasts. She won't eat. But she is... Um, she's my heart. I'm Dave Peters, and I'm always right. A USA Today Suffolk University poll found most Americans think their country is facing a mental health crisis. What gave that away? Statues being torn down? Rampant looting? Criminals being set free? Women selling farts online? Or Dave Peters starting a podcast? Asking if America is facing a mental health crisis is like asking a bee if it wants to make honey. It's obvious and clear, and if you can't see it, chances are you're three Facebook posts away from the loony bin. Or is it meta now? Uh, whatever. A gene-edited heart of a pig was put inside a man for the first time ever. A great advancement in science. Uh, if researchers could help figure out why my wife leaves empty bottles of water all over the house, we'd uh, really be working miracles. Not to downplay the achievements because it's truly remarkable, but also scientists, can you please tell me why the Broncos fumbled against Kansas City because my bookie's been looking for me for about a week now. Well, eh, just kidding. Mobile betting is legal in New York now, which I'm, I'm sure gambling addicts are enthused by. It's probably similar to taking a diabetic on a tour of the Little Debbie factory. That's already the state ever shuts down again, though, so... We can all be betting from home and ordering food and booze from our couches, and if VR tech keeps going the way it is, we might not even need another person for sex. There's a word they used to call people like this. It was loser. But now it's non-essential. 
That may sound pessimistic. It does seem we're going in a somewhat positive direction, though. I had a full-on conversation with a stranger who pulled down their mask the other day. I chose to leave mine up due to their patchouli oil scent. But it was nice. $308 million in aid going to Taliban-run Afghanistan. And inflation is the highest it's been in 40 years. Biden's working really hard at turning people off instead of the opposite. It's like America is in this weird S&M session, but I can't find out if Americans keep inflicting the pain on ourselves or if Biden and other elected politicians are doing it. It seems to be a little bit of both. I mean, we keep voting these people in, but you know, it seems like Americans are in handcuffs, screaming the safe word for release. Liberty, liberty, liberty! But Biden's not letting us out. He just keeps whipping us and whipping us and spinning on our private parts and calling us pieces of shit and saying you'll never be free and taunting us and fondling. Cruise ships shutting down again due to COVID. Some being left stranded. We received a message from the singles crews. They were apparently all set. The Golden Globes had no stars and no cameras for their award ceremony. Sounds a little odd, like walking into a sunglass hut looking to buy pants. I don't know, as less movies are released, though, these awards will become as relevant as a Zupraxiscope at an Avengers showing. L.A. police saved a man from a crashed plane less than 10 seconds before a train collided into it. Great job saving this man's life. The NBA's Orlando Magic seems like they could use a little help from these cops, too. At 7 and 36, I've seen better signs of life from Bigfoot. We'll be back. Coming this fall, it's your favorite cast of characters in The Insurrectionists, starring President Donald Trump. Today we will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections, but whether or not they stand strong for our country. Former New York City Mayor Rudolph Giuliani. Let's have trial by combat. The horn guy. Hey! Fucking hey, man. Glad to see you guys. You guys are fucking patriots. <laughs> and a zany cast of guest stars. Any chance I can get you guys yeah. to leave the Senate? We will. I'm gonna make sure they ain't disrespecting the place. Okay. I just want to let you guys know, this is like the sacredest place. I know, I know, hey, no, I'm gonna take it, I'm gonna take it, see you share, because my pants is a fucking trade. I'm not one to usually take pictures of myself, but in this case, I think I'm making an exception. Can you? Hey, 
Hey, can, can you and Ray, can you take a picture of me? I'm throwing my phone. I'm, I'm Check your local listings for the Insurrectionist Laugh Block coming to television, computer, tablet, or other mobile device very soon. Hip-hop got a little weird this week. Um, I guess it's been weird for a while between dresses and whatever weird turn it took. But nonetheless, uh, Jim Jones from uh, the Diplomats or Dipset. Some of them may, some of you may know him from um, Love and Hip Hop fame and whatever other crap he does. I don't know. Nonetheless, he was on some radio show uh, with uh, Angela Yee, who is uh, of The Breakfast Club. She does the news there. I actually like Angela. I don't know her personally, but I think she's kind of, she's all right. I have no problem with her so much. Um, but they were talking about whatever, some podcast I think she was on. It wasn't The Breakfast Club, actually. But they were on some podcast, and uh, rapper Jim Jones was on. And he admitted to the world that his mother taught him how to French kiss. And everyone was baffled who heard it because most people know that that's not normal. So there was a little bit of an uproar on a, I don't know, black internets. I don't know who pays attention, but I found it. And it made me think about all the other rappers who, for some reason, have these uh, relationships with family members. So, first off, let's hear Jim Jones. Got a tongue kiss when I was younger. Like, what's the instructions? It wasn't no instructions. She showed me with her mouth. Like, she... She kissed you? It's my mother. No, I'm just asking. Okay. My parents never... My parents kissed me, barely kissed me. No, so my mom I just stopped kissing my She showed me her tongue kiss when I was younger. Remember, my mom was 17. She's a baby. All right, so now... His mom responded. She was kind of saying people were taking her kissing, French kissing her son out of context. Uh, hear a little bit of that. You know, it's wrong what y'all did and taking it out of context. And instead of y'all being happy for a black man, mother is able to, you know, teach him how to be a man. When you feed into it, yeah. So think of it what you may. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he had a dad around or not, but God knows my father would have taken my tongue and cut it out, fed it to the pigeons, make me watch, and then murder me. The guy knows what he would do to my mom. I don't. I don't know. It's not. It's not normal, man. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Whatever. I guess there's some trauma there. Maybe not. He seems. 
successful, I guess. You know, I guess it's done with. It's just so odd. So I I got into a little bit of a dive going through my memories of the hip-hop ancestral nonsense. Uh, another recent one was Kodak Black, who uh, came up on uh, last week's show. But Kodak Black was at a party and he grabbed his mom's ass and he tried to kiss her while she was dancing. I'm going to play some of the clip. It's mostly visual. I mean, you can go find it yourself. Um, It's easy enough. But uh, during this clip, he's just partying and dancing with his mom and, and like she pushes his hand off of him and then he tries to kiss her on the mouth and then a he tries to kiss her on the mouth and then some dude starts screaming. It's so weird. Like, what kind of party is that? I don't know, that seems kind of weird. Every family's different though, man. I remember this one girl that I worked with, she was a black girl, and she told me like she would hang around the house like naked with like her brothers and stuff and I don't know. I guess that's common in a lot of families. Maybe my family was a little more conservative than others and they didn't really walk around naked. I might have seen my dad's junk once though when I was a kid like if he left the door open I guess that's common though you know he leaves the door open take a piss it's not like I was peeking in there you know shit happens (laughs) but you know I'm not running around grabbing my mom's ass and tits it's kind of odd behavior you know I don't know maybe he's fucking high maybe there's an explanation for it that I don't know maybe it's a maybe it's a fucking party out there I don't fucking know man <laughs> the next one my favorites and uh, probably will go down in hip hop lore and it's the relationship between Lil Wayne and Baby so Baby for those who don't know started cash money millionaires in like I don't know, I guess the late 90s, and he had a group, uh, Big Timers, a bunch of other guys, um, and he brought Lil Wayne into the picture. Lil Wayne went on to become who he became, but he was literally a young kid when uh, he was started rapping. And so the first time... This occurred. Uh, Baby and Manny Fresh brought Lil Wayne and some other characters onto Rap City and BET. And Baby was on first. And Lil Wayne comes in and he says hello to everyone on camera. And, you know, he says, What up? And they're giving each other pounds or whatever. And 
and and he goes in and he kisses baby on the lips now baby for those who don't know he kind of brought up little wayne but he's not his dad by any means like he's not his birth dad and i guess he kind of adopted him but there's no blood there but this is the first time that this entered the picture play a little bit of that you're gonna hear like a loud smooch Play it a couple more times for you. There's a video of Lil Wayne and he's talking about how he had sex when he was 11 but it's weird it's there's it's confusing if Lil Wayne's admitting that baby helped him to have sex when he was 11 or if like baby raped him when he was very young which isn't really funny but let me play some of that I was fucking at 11. <laughs> I, had, I had Nene at 15. I had my daughter when I was 15. It ain't because you a, a male. It ain't because you 15. You're supposed to because you're young money. You're supposed to fuck that shit, man. I stopped fucking. I got raped when I was 11, Twist. And I loved it. <laughs> I, I ain't never pressed child. I'ma do you like baby them did me. Yeah. I'll never forget that day. Yeah, no, they was all in the kitchen. I was scared. It was cool. It was about this many niggas and shit too in that bit. I never forget the word. Suck la wine la dick. <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch. Yeah, I'm about that bit. I'm like, talking, girl, your good dick. Girl, you know you suck with your good dick, suck. And that boy, that bitch suck on nigga. Have a nigga, suck like why in that dick. I'm sitting there like, sure, yeah. Suck up. I ain't never had this happen. In front of G, oh my God, that was the best ever, boy. I walked out that bitch. I felt like I killed five niggas, ran through three banks, boy. You don't understand. I was a different man after that. I was, I was Lil Wayne. <laughs> after that. Yeah. I don't know. There was a bunch of other times where Baby kissed Wayne on the mouth. Ain't no fruit. Okay, we just roll like that. And my son, I raised him, you heard? I believe Baby actually recently tried to justify it all. And my last one, Kevin Gates, 
uh, I don't know he's a, if he still raps or not. He was kind of popular for like a year. A rapper from down south, I think. I never got into him really. That's when I started losing interest in most hip hop. Um, but before I digress, uh, this 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 guy was banging his cousin for a while. Nigga be talking about, yeah, y'all look like brother and sister. Shit, no. I'm fucking the shit out of her. Come to find out she my cousin, you heard me? But I ain't about to stop fucking with her. Shit, the pussy good and we click. Shit, I ain't grow up with you knowing you're my people. I don't get tired. Man, y'all gonna stay out of my motherfucking business. So you mean to tell me if you been fucking with somebody for three months, you heard me? Everything beautiful. And your grandmother come tell you one day, you know that's your cousin. Y'all done got the hard part out the way. Why fuck up a good thing? I don't get tired. It's your boy DJ Academics, and now obviously, Kevin Gates don't get tired at all. To each their own, I guess. I don't know. I guess that's normalized in some places, communities, families somewhere that I've never met or been to. Um, I don't know. This seems like it's almost exclusive to hip-hop. I mean, as far as music, there's actually a lot of uh, historical figures some celebrities that have married distant cousins. Einstein married his like second cousin though. Um, uh, old rocker Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, he married his cousin. I don't know. It's so weird. Like I, I don't even know athletes like these NBA guys who bang like two thousand women like Magic Johnson. They're not banging their cousins. Like, who bangs with their cousin accidentally? I don't I don't get it. I've never even thought about banging a cousin. I don't even understand. I'm going to stop this before this gets too far because it's going to get weird. It's kind of been weird enough. I'm surprised it went this long. Uh, coming up next, we have judo champion, Olympian, um, Jason Morris. Stay tuned. Like that guy, I'm putting it back in. 
exclusively on Nozama.com. It's the Nicolas Cage Karaoke Machine. For only $99.99, you too can sing like a movie star. Oh, the sweet sounds of karaoke. There's nothing like it. And now you can take it home with you too with the Nicolas Cage Karaoke Machine. Find it at nozama.com. All right, next up we have Jason Morris of the Jason Morris Judo Center. Jason is an Olympic medal, an Olympic medalist, that is, I suppose, um, in judo. He was a judo athlete and a judo coach. Uh, He bronzed as an athlete and he led the team's... uh, multiple times in the Olympics. He'll explain more of that. He coached Ronda Rousey. Now, Jason has a center where I train judo. Started doing that a little while back um, in Glenville, New York. And he has at his home a place where he, he um, I guess the Olympians in training, it's like a dorm for, for these kids. And they come and they, they live with him and he trains them and they're practicing for the Olympics. It's pretty cool. It's something that I was not aware of that existed, but uh, nonetheless, it does. Um, so I wanted to get Jason's point of view on the Olympics coming up and what's going on with China. And maybe more in the future, we'll, we'll, we'll sit down for a little longer talk with Jason. But uh, here it is. Did I tell you... The history of it. Yeah. Good night, guys. Good job, CJ. So, Mark Waymora, mm-hmm. his middle name is Taraki. Mm-hmm. He was a Canadian, eighty-one kilo guy, and that, that's his that's his thing. Yeah. He sold it. So I think it still exists, but they're not doing much business that I know of. Go ahead. All right. So we're with five-time Olympian coach and judo player Jason Morris. I wanted to sit down with Jason and uh, get his take, if he has a take, or any perspective on what's going on with uh, the Beijing Olympics currently. So, Jason, do you have any insight you can offer in what's happening? Well, I guess I can share the fact that I'm not a huge fan of boycotts in general. Okay. Like, uh, I mean, I'm old enough to, to remember um, – the 19, I mean, I, I was a kid when they boycotted 1980 mm-hmm. and then 84, I was old enough to know uh, about that boycott, even though we went, but um, the Eastern Bloc did not go. Good. So, uh, you know, I know enough guys on both those teams, how it changed their lives, athletically st- uh, speaking. Okay. So, um, you know, I don't know if it did anything politically mm-hmm. back in the day, if it, you know, solved their 
the goals that they were trying to do. So I'm not a huge fan of that. But I, of course, who's a fan of um, humans, human rights violations and all that? All right. Um, that's above my pay grade. Okay. You know, to speak intellig- intelligently on that. I'm a sportsman. I like to see the sports thing be the sports thing. And all that other stuff is to me uh, in the sports world kind of noise. Okay. So it's a diplomatic protest for those that don't know. And yeah, please go ahead. A diplomatic protest, which China is claiming America really wasn't invited anyway. And now other countries are saying they're going to follow America with the same. This affects the Winter Olympics. Um, I don't know. Do you, are you in touch with the Olympic Committee at all? Do you have anything to do with that, with the judo? And uh, I mean, I'm not in touch with them. No, okay. I, I, I are the judo. Um, if I would be in touch with them, it would be the International Judo Federation. Okay. Not the IOC, the International Olympic Committee. Okay. Now, is do you do anything at all? You you just go through? Are you part of the? International Judo Federation, or wait, through USA Judo, you are automatically in automatically there, okay, part of that. But I mean, I have no say, right? Okay, like I have as much say as you do. Okay, I have lots of friends and lots of connections, right? right, right. Uh, but again, you know, making decisions, I'm not on any board or committee that would that would deal with any of this. Okay, do you think this might affect the Paris Olympics at all? That's always a thought. Like, right. oh, geez, here we go, right? And yeah. uh, you, you're instantly, since I'm an athlete and then a coach, I mean, this COVID thing was already brutal on on all the athletes and the coaches that were trying to go to 2020. I mean, one year in a, in a four-year cycle is huge in our uh, athletic lifespan. So boycott kills would kill – most people's careers, you know, most people go to one Olympics. Yeah. So how many uh, players do you have training for the Olympics right now? Well, everyone in that dojo okay. is training for the Olympics. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's about 12 in the judo probably. In the... Well, I mean, they're all trained for the Olympics. Right. doesn't mean that they have not uh, not everyone in there is on track to even have a chance at this time. Okay. But that's the goal is to try and give them a chance this time. And then hopefully they have another chance next because a lot of them are, are really young, right? Okay. So they have a chance next time. Okay. So, how long have you been involved with judo? You want me to tell you my age? <laughs> no, you don't have to tell me your ages. <laughs> so I started when I was eight. Okay. Wow. Okay. So that's a, so. What was your first Olympic event? Eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. And- Eighty-eight. Ninety-two. Ninety-six. Two thousand. And then I was the coach in 08. Okay. And Beijing. Oh wow. Wow. Okay. So, and it was, uh, you know, sans the politics, uh-huh. it, it was phenomenal. It was a phenomenal Olympics. Really? That's what they like to do, right? Uh, that end of the world likes to put on a good show, make, make the people like me uh-huh. see them at their best. Okay. Yeah. They take it very seriously. Totally. And it was, it was fantastic. Seems like a kind of different, um, time now oh, yeah. comparatively. Everything's a different time now, right? Post-pandemic or during pandemic, that's just brought up so many 
crazy political issues and you know some legit some not but it's in the forefront yeah the me too movement all this stuff is just kind of oh yeah everywhere right yeah larry nasser and yeah geez there has been a lot going on with the olympics interesting so you medaled in 92 that's correct and silver as a judo player mm-hmm. and then as a coach again four times i was a player four times okay coach once coach once and you medaled as a coach no, I you don't medal as a coach. Oh, okay. So, but yeah, we uh, the the medal we took in that Olympics was Ronda Rousey. Oh wow, she took a bronze. And you were the coach of Ronda Rousey, also. I didn't know that. Well, I was the coach of the team. Yes, 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 of the U.S. Olympic team. Correct. All right. Is there anything you want to add? I mean, at all? Yeah. Get your kids down to the Jason Morris Judo Center. <laughs> Judo's for everyone. All right. All right. Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Pleasure, Dave. Yeah. No, we'll, uh, maybe we'll do it again sometime, too. Anytime. Awesome. And to leave you, Maya Angelou is getting her own coin. Not her own coin. She's going to be on a coin. I think it's a 25-cent coin, uh, American currency. If uh, my one uh, German listener is tuning in. But uh, Maya Angelou, poet, we're going to leave you with uh, Still I Rise by Maya Angelou. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. And also, rest in peace to Bob Saget. You heard him twice already in the podcast, and stay tuned. You might hear him some more. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Just because I walk as if I have oil wells pumping in my living room. (laughs) Just like moons and like suns with the certainty of tides. Just like hope springing high. Still I rise. Did you want to see me broken? Bowed head and lowered eyes. Shoulders falling down like teardrops weakened by my soulful cries. Does my sassiness upset you? (laughs) Don't take it so hard just because I laugh as if I have gold mines digging in my own backyard. You can shoot me with your words. You can cut me with your lies. You can kill me with your hatefulness. But just like life, I rise. Does my sexiness offend you? Oh. Does it come as a surprise that I dance? As if I have diamonds at the meeting of my thighs. (laughs) Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past rooted in pain, I rise. A black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling and bearing in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak miraculously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the hope and the dream of the slave. And so, wow. There I go. See you, my baby, you want to baby? Now, your baby 
Keep the sucker on a leash. <laughs> oh, that's a poor case. Let it go. I'm scared to bring up children with threats of warhead. Someone drops the big one on these diapers made of lead. <laughs> and I don't feel ready to shop for toys and cereal. But a child might bring us love, and I'd have ten minutes of new material. Okay, we'll have a baby. Your baby wants a baby. All right. Okay. Sin. If my kid comes out and looks like that guy, I'm putting it back in. <laughs> 